Welcome back to the Sound Sense Podcast. I'm Jessica Quinlan. Today, we're diving into love and finances. I have with us today, Bree Shalito, our Senior Manager of Community Impact. Hello, Bree. Hey. And Katie Griffin, our Supervisor of Community Education. Hello, Katie. Hello. Hello. All right, Bree, so let's dive right in. How do love and money intersect in a relationship? Jess, they more than intersect. I mean, <laughs> money makes the world go round I in know. general. So mm-hmm. certainly, as we're spending money in a relationship, as we're generally living our lives, just truly having it be a part of the conversations and the communication. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. And I think, you know, dates cost money, presents cost money, all those kinds of things. All the good things. Yes. All right. So Katie, how important is communication when it comes to finances in a relationship? It's so important. (laughs) It's so, so important. I can't stress enough how necessary it is to just be super open with that communication piece, especially when it comes to to finances. Um, it's a sensitive topic, and mm-hmm. the more that you just have the conversations surrounding your finances, I think ultimately will result in less stress in the relationship, because mm-hmm. I have seen it happen before where, you know, folks aren't talking about it, and then that can cause some, like, resentment mm-hmm. and arguments and just all of the stressful, negative things. So just the more that you have those conversations, you don't always have to agree, like that's okay, but just talking through it Mm -hmm. can just help relieve a a lot of stress that can very easily come from, and then that stress impacts so many other areas of your life as well. Money is by far one of the leading causes of divorce in general, but above that, it's lack of commitment and communication. So combining those three is just a recipe for disaster. No, absolutely. So what are some practical tips for couples who want to create a financial plan together? I think overall, it's just continuing the conversation and knowing that it's going to evolve over time. So really, if we're talking about practical tips, it's talking about, first of all, money in, money out. Mm-hmm. coming up with kind of a budget and deciding whether you want to actually combine finances or keep them completely separate or something of a hybrid in between, all of which is acceptable. Every couple is going to manage their finances differently. Sometimes that is a, a matter of how much each person makes and how much each person spends. Mm-hmm. And certainly as we get smaller humans involved, <laughs> that's when the the budget really becomes who, who is covering what, how is this working out. So really just taking a look at your situation how much money is coming in, how much money is going out, and who should be accountable for those are key. So, I mean, if that's equal, if it's 50-50, if it's a percentage based on your income, if that's a matter of like, I got you this time, you get me next time, tons of different approaches. So really just finding what works for you as a couple and what you're both comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Did you, if you don't mind me asking with you both in your relationships, did you introduce this conversation early on or was it not until we were closer to marriage in those kind of times when you were having these conversations? Very early on for me. I, I would want to know credit score first date. <laughs> but, uh, Stop. <laughs> You've been with your husband since you were young though, right? I know, 20. Yes. Yeah, so Eric did and I you ask together his credit 13 score years. 20? Oh, I wanted to know. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Well, finance has always been a big part of my life and, valid, and yeah. also wanting to avoid getting into trouble. So just mm-hmm. truly wanting to know what his financial situation looked like. It probably wasn't the first date. It would be today <laughs> if I were back in the yes. dating world. But just a matter of like what things looked like and how we were going to handle it. We moved in pretty early. Yeah, we so I was 19 when we first started dating. I don't think you I You both get this I don't think I knew what a credit score love. was. No, that's 19. Why I was wondering I'm like at a first date would you be like I have no idea what my credit score is like. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, we we definitely I you know trying to think back that long ago, but I feel like we just kind of were winging it 
the yeah. first couple years, like we were both still in school and mm-hmm. we also moved in together like relatively early in the relationship and mm-hmm. we were just, you know, making sure things were paid, of course, but were not strategic at all with savings or That's anything right. else. So, but, but yeah, once we, you know, started getting closer to like actually getting married, then it was more of a serious conversation of like, oh, we need to be more adults. <laughs> It would have been much harder today just with how much everything is. But years ago, 13 years ago, we made the very conscious decision to be together because we wanted to be and we didn't want finances to be in effect. So even when we would rent an apartment, we were sure that one of us could cover it on our own without Mm -hmm. the other if for any reason we decided not to be together. But we wanted it very, very cut and dry. Hey, I I think that's fine. Every relationship is different. So. Committed, but uh, you know. So how can couples navigate differences in their values uh, when it comes to finances and, and sort of spending habits? Well, surprise, surprise, it all comes back to communication. Mm-hmm. So having those conversations of what your values and spending habits are when it comes to like financial values. I mean, all kinds of values, but especially financial values and those spending habits and just talking about it. And you may or may not be on the same page and, and, and that's OK, but you have to acknowledge those similarities and differences so that what you do share, you know, you can be on the same page about. But where you do have the differences, then it might be talking about some different compromises mm-hmm. if one person values something else the other person thinks it's ridiculous but you know they might have something else kind of like a trade-off so having those compromises in place so that both people are seen and heard and you know not necessarily always get what you want but just recognizing that there is going to be some give and take and but just having that conversation is just being open and talking about it especially Mm -hmm. about values if you can bring it back to what you value and if that's what you're spending your money on then at the time of a disconnection or even an argument you know the reason that they did that it's because they value something that it has to do with so I guess finding that kind of commonality or alignment makes it that much easier Mm -hmm. if something were to arise that you disagree on yeah it might seem silly but it can help to actually like write all this out Mm -hmm. rather than just talking about it you know put it on paper so you have something to reference remind each other of can be helpful no I love that and and maybe even you know going into the conversation without having it decided in your own head of this is exactly how we're going to manage our finances because if your values or your spending habits don't align maybe fully combining finances is not the best idea for example so true right yes so I think it's also being open and flexible to the solution absolutely so moving forward, you know, couples, they, they're speaking, they're doing their values and their spending habits. What about like those long-term financial commitments that typically come in relationships, you know, marriage, home ownership, raising a family, children? Like how can we prepare for that kind of big money stuff. We'll certainly communicate about it, but also just have have in mind what the two of you value. What does that look like? Really talk through kind of the end goal, especially when it comes to things like owning a home. What kind of home? Where? Mm -hmm. What are the things that we're going to value? Because that's not only going to help us with the financial part, but even just in the home search in general, all of which can be super frustrating. Mm -hmm. So having a discussion about what it looks like, to Katie's point, writing it down, coming up with a plan. And if there's difficulties, even sometimes working with a financial coach, mm-hmm. sitting down as a couple or as a family or whatever makes sense for you and talking through it and coming up with a good plan on what it's going to take to get there, how much money it's going to take to get there, and just kind of prioritizing those as well. Which comes first? What are the pieces that need to come together? And especially we have another podcast about preparing for weddings. Those mm-hmm. those really add up as well. And I know that even for some of our team members who got married earlier this year, 
knowing what all went into it and really had, had they gone about it in a different plan may have decided differently mm -hmm. than to have a big wedding. So anticipating what you really want, what you really value, which of those need to be on the priority list first, and then just having that conversation about what, what you're going to allocate more money towards. How can couples maintain financial independence while fostering financial interdependence? Well, I'll just share what I do in my relationship that, that works pretty well. I know some other couples that do this as well. And so what we did is we sat down and just totaled up how much our monthly bills are. And then we looked at, okay, how much income are we each bringing in? It's not always going to be exactly equal. Typically, one person you know, may be making more than, than the other. So we took how much our monthly bills are and figured out how, how to split that fairly. So what percentage of each person's income would go towards contributing towards the monthly bills. And then we have a joint checking account. And so every month we know exactly how much we're both transferring into the joint checking account that covers all of the bills. And then we also have a joint savings account. We've agreed how much we are both going to contribute to the joint savings. And then anything that's left is each, each to their own. So I have leftover money to spend on things that I want to. My partner has leftover money to spend on things that he wants to. And so then you don't run into like getting like judgy or resentful on how the other person is spending their money mm -hmm. because the bills are paid, savings is covered. And then, I mean, do what you want mm -hmm. with the rest of it, you know. I love that. I mean, I think that's that's certainly great. I, I have never in any of my relationships fully brought our finances together for those reasons of just I like to have – I like to buy things and I like to go shopping and I don't want someone to judge me for it. Exactly. So. One thing, especially when you completely combine, is mm -hmm. just understanding those times of gifts. What is that going to look like around holiday seasons, around birthdays? If it's completely combined, what does that look like? So sometimes a suggestion might be having completely combined if you decide to do that, but then also having a separate credit card or something or simply an agreement around those times not to look at the, the Amazon cart or the order right. history or something or, or just buying it kind of some of those bigger box stores where you may not know what the purchase was. Of course, if you buy at a specialty place, you're going to kind of know what the gift was. But just keeping that in mind, if you do decide to merge completely, having a plan for when you want to buy something as a surprise. I love that. Yeah. And there's a few different ways you can go about it. Like I have some friends that they do have the joint checking for the bills and do that part. But then when it comes to like going out to eat, they take turns who pays for it. So what, what we do is we have a joint credit card. We've decided this is our budget for going out to eat for the month. We put it on the joint credit card, and that's part of our bills that we both contribute to the joint checking for. We do so, that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. I love that. That's a great so idea. So a couple different ways to go about it. Nice. Any other final takeaways for our listeners about love and money? I was just going to add on that these can these aren't fun conversations always to have. Um, it's, it's, or comfortable. Yeah, or comfortable. Um, so do whatever you can to, to try to make it fun, like go out for a coffee date or something, you know, plan to cook like a nice dinner together while you're having these conversations. So it's not as much something that you dread as you're getting to do something nice at the same time. And just also depending on personality. I mean, it doesn't mean bringing out the statements or pulling up the, the credit report or anything. It, it Just whatever your personality is, whatever you want to see. Or to Katie's point, maybe having multiple conversations to get mm -hmm. there and just being comfortable with, with being transparent with your partner and just knowing what's best for you. I love that. Thank you so much. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Bree, Katie, thanks so much for being here. 
Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sound Sense from Ent Credit Union. Be sure to follow our podcast as well as rate and review us. I'm Jessica Quinlan. I will see you next week, same time, same place. The information presented in this episode is intended to be used for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Consult a financial, tax, or legal professional to see if the information provided in this episode is suitable for your situation. Information stated is current as of the time of recording and may be subject to change in the future. Third-party products and services mentioned in the podcast are done so for informational purposes only and should not be considered endorsements or affiliations unless stated otherwise. Any opinions of guests or third parties on the podcast are strictly their own and do not represent Ent Credit Union. Ent Credit Union is insured by the NCUA and is an equal housing opportunity lender. Visit Ent.com for more information.